You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to do a debrief, well, more of a takeaways, the top takeaways from DV Live 2023. Now, if you don't know what DV Live 2023 was, it was a two-day coaches clinic that I ran that just happened yesterday, uh, or that rather this past weekend, and we had amazing coaches that delivered amazing insights. And I'm going to share with you my top takeaways that we heard from coaches over this weekend. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 165 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Oh, another week of volleyball and a weekend did I have with DVA Live 2023. I mean, I know if you've been a listener for a while now, I'm sure you, you're sick and tired of hearing uh, my little promo at the beginning of signing up for DVA Live. Well, DVA Live has officially come to an end. It was this week, this past weekend, and I got to tell you, it was it was amazing. It was such a great time with all the coaches that signed up for DVA Live, and the conversations that we had were great. The speakers were great. Uh, there was so much great feedback. The vibe was great, and I, you know, I, I, I hate to talk, keep talking about it, but you know, it, it was an experience, and it was an opportunity for coaches to collaborate with each other. And, you know, talk about the game and learn together. And I think everyone came out of that weekend with the formula to creating a championship program. And, I, and a lot of them even said that. They're like, they can't wait to go and continue you know, finishing their program. So really excited. So if you were a member, uh, a registrant, a member, what do you want to call it? If you came out to DVA Live, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, you know, for trusting me to help you in your coaching journey as well as I hope you had a great time. And, um, and yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you uh, want to provide any feedback. I, I'd love it. Um, but let's get to today's episode. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the big takeaways from DVA Live. Oh, actually, before I do say that, um, I had a couple of people reach out to me that couldn't make DVA Live. Um, so what I'm going to do is I have I still have the registration open. So if you go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, um, you can go click on DVA Live and you can still register and watch the replays. So if you're interested in just watching the replays, uh, feel free to register and you can watch the replays. Uh, they're all going to be uploaded and um, yeah, they'll be uploaded for you to do there. So you can still uh, purchase it, watch the replays and those replays are for you to watch for as long as you want. Um, so that's an option I'm going to give anyone who is interested in that. All right. So what I want to do is I wanted to share with you some of the big takeaways that I had this weekend that I thought were some really cool insights that our coaches took away this weekend. And most of it is going to come from some of the guest speakers that we had. And what I'll do is I'll go through each of the speakers and I'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the really cool things that I that I took away from it, at least. You know, I took a ton of notes from our guest speakers and I know our, our members did as well, the, the ones that showed up. So uh, we'll start off because we had a lot of great speakers, but we'll start off with John Spraw. So John Spraw is the head coach uh, of the men's national team, also the head coach at UCLA. He's actually had a pretty good season. He's he was a national champion at UCLA, and they uh, and his men's team, his U.S. men's national team, came second at VNL. Unfortunately, 
Um, you know, it's crazy. They've they've been to the finals four times, I think, in the last little bit. And they've they've they haven't jumped over that hump yet. They're they're in second, but they're right there. Um, so it was really cool to see his insight. But he's well, he shared a lot about uh, the national championship team at UCLA and and some of the things they did differently to help them get to that national championship level. And regardless of talent, we're not going to talk about talent. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that he did, and I think is really really cool. The first thing that he really uh, he shared was, was experimenting, not being afraid to experiment. And I think that's a really good point, especially for us as coaches to just, you know, we don't have to do everything the same. You know, when you've been, if you've been coaching this game for a couple of years right, or you've been around volleyball for a couple of years, yes, there are certain things that, you know, you want to stick to the principles, don't get me wrong. But you also want to experiment a little bit. See what works for your players. See what works for your team because there's so many different ways of doing things. Um, now, I'm not saying go complete left field, but you know, have fun with it, experiment with it, and who knows what can, what can come up. Uh, he also talked about having a really big emphasis on the first two touches. So his reception, serve-receive. He, we really did. They they did a lot of drills with a lot of serve receive and looking for like specific things. One of the things he mentioned was, you know, contact ball contact. So holding their arms um, out and finishing their platform, finish on their platform. So track the ball early and finish with their platform. He said that that was something they really worked on. And um, a really cool variance that he did was uh, when when it comes to passing, he you know he he did some stuff like um, pass the ball low pass the ball high, and then seven perfect passes before you get out of the drill. So uh, there, I, there's like a basketball drill called 21 that's like this. It's like you shoot seven shots on one side, or you, you touch a chair on one side, shoot seven shots, touch a chair, and then come back to that spot, shoot shoot seven shots, and then catch and shoot seven shots. It reminded me of that. It's very, very interesting. So, you know, pass ball, low pass ball high, and then seven perfect passes to get out of the drill. That was really cool. Um, so that was another thing that I thought was, you know, they put an emphasis on serve receive and had a little bit of uh, variation with that and experimenting. Yeah, experimenting is is so um, it's 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 great. That was one one other takeaway. Another one that I got from him was he he has a two strike policy. So he's like everyone, you know, late happen, things happen, but um, everyone is late once. Okay, if it happens, it's fine. Two strikes, and then the second strike, you're out. Meaning you miss practice. You're out of practice. And they're, they're strong to that. And he even said, he's like, you have to be, you know, they want players that want to be there. And they want players that have that commitment to be there. And in order for them to have that, you know, you got to, you got, you, no matter whether you're the 19th player or the captain or captains, you got to hold everyone to that standard. So I, I, I like that. Not a three strike policy, a two strike policy. I thought that was really good. Everyone has the one. And then you throw them out on the second one. Now, if you have a, if you're teaching club, if you're coaching club and parents are involved, it gets a little more tricky because parents are responsible for dropping the athlete off. But yeah, you got a high school, you know, college, you get, you get what I'm saying. Uh, one other thing he said that I really liked as well was communication. They actually created a 10 part communication plan. And he, he went through the communication plan. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it's such an important point of having you know, open communication with all of your players. Like all of your players need to feel that they are heard and that they have a relationship with the coaching staff. And some of the things, some of the strategies he shared was like, uh, they do once a quarter schedule appointment. So they have quarters. So every quarter you have to schedule appointment with the, with the coach. 
Um, and then he gives them four different questions every week that they need to answer. And I just a, a, a constant way of keeping communication going with all the athletes. And he gets them on a Google Doc, um, like a Google form, and then he'll, he'll like follow up with athletes. He'll make phone calls. He'll, he'll on, on his way into work, he'll call athletes, have conversations with them. And I was like, that's, that's brilliant. Like that's a really simple way of keeping that communication open. Um, he talked about a thing called walk with a coach. So like from like, you know, after practice, maybe they have to go do their strength training. They'll walk with a coach and just have a conversation with the coach. So if you have like a staff of four, everyone, every, every practice, you can walk with one player and then eventually you'll cover the whole team in a week, right? If you do like, if you're practicing every day, you know, things like that. But just, just the, the takeaway of having a communication plan. I love that. You know, implementing a communication plan in your programming is really, really, really cool. I thought that was great. One thing that he talked about, and I think this was kind of all across all the speakers in terms of coaches, was a leadership group. And you may have heard me talk about that in the past. Um, there's many different ways of doing a leadership group. Uh, they, the way that he does it is uh, the team votes for four captains. Okay. Um, they're going to contribute, but the head, the, the, everyone contributes to so the four captains, but obviously the head coach has the final say. And those four are the group that he meets with. And when he has his leadership meetings, he opens it to everyone, by the way. He's like, everyone can attend the meetings and, and sit in it, but he's having the meetings with those four players. Because eventually, you know, the rookies will not be a leader, but they come to those meetings and they'll see what these are what leadership meetings are. And, you know, they can at least, um, you know, they can see what, what, what maybe they're interested in the leadership role down the road. Uh, and that's really, really cool. So I, I like that. Uh, I remember he, he was talking about that SEAL teams. Uh, SEAL teams rotate a young guy through a leadership group every few months. So that was kind of interesting to see how that happens. He also talked about like strategic, uh, like planning, like uh, ah, tongue twister, strategic planning. And one, one thing that he does is he actually goes on other university websites and he'll look at their athletic plans, like some athletic plans to see, you know, what are, what are other, other schools doing? And maybe he can implement some of that stuff too. Like what a, you know, let's not try to reinvent the wheel. Let's, Let's, let's see what he could take and maybe implement it to his, his programming. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Big fan of visualization. Yeah, and I, this, that, again, this was another theme throughout the entire weekend. Visualization. Um, you know, closing your eyes and visualizing, you know, the color of the ball, the smells. What does it sound like when you walk in the gym? You're really, you know, getting that, that sensory activation and afterwards as well, you know, you want to see what that is. And a lot of players I know at the higher level talk about visualization. Eric talked, Eric showed you talked about it. Taylor Abel talked about it. So really, really, um, yeah, I, I like that. He also talked about 90% of digs at the international level are one handed. So making sure that we are implementing some kind of one hand dig in our, in our structure and our programming is, uh, is, is important as well. So those are those are there, there was a ton of more stuff that Spra uh, talked about. It was actually really good. So if you do if you are interested in purchasing the the replays, um, you definitely want to listen to that. That was really really good. Okay, the next speaker that I want to talk about is Eric Shoji, uh, U.S. Men's National Team libero. Really really insightful and intelligent human being, and he he said he had some great things to say. And it was cool because you got to hear it from a player perspective as opposed to a coach perspective, and. Yeah, you know, he brought up some great points that even resonated with me as a coach. And the first thing he talked about was developing a good practice plan. And it's something that I preach as well. You, you cannot wing a practice. And he, he talked about, he's like, 
players know. Players know when a coach goes to practice and doesn't have a plan or is not sure of what they're going to do. They're kind of just winging it on the fly. They're seeing, they're seeing who shows up. and like, Today, we're going to work on this. It, I don't care if you coach 12 of you or college. At, maybe at 12 of you, they might not know that you didn't come prepared, but you better believe that it's going to hurt your team by not coming prepared. And uh, Spra talked a little about, like he takes pride in writing practice plans. And that was a big takeaway from the weekend. I think most of our coaches now are going to be making sure that they write out their practice plans. And I've talked about it before. When you write out your practice plan and you're being intentional about it, that is a skill in itself. And what you're going to find is you're going to start noticing and picking up on things that you would not have noticed and would not have picked up on if you didn't write your practice plan. It, you, it's, it's just unbelievable that when you're in that zone of creating your practice plan and putting in that work, you notice things that you don't notice unless you do them. And you start seeing things differently in practice as well. Like when you're now in practice, seeing your practice plan being executed, you start noticing and picking up on things, whether it's player related, whether it's skill related, drill related. It's, it's just, I'm telling you, you become a better coach when you do that. Eric also talked about the fact that players need to put in work before a match. And he's like, players can tell when coaches aren't ready before matches. Now this may be, again, more at the higher level, but really put time in and plan like, okay, let's talk high level. High level, you'll have a scouting report. You'll have a match prep, like, mat, like you'll have match preparation. You'll have your whole bit that you do, your routine. Um, at the younger level, if you don't have a scouting report, have a plan in place for what you're going to be doing at a tournament. Okay, we're going to get there at this time. I want us to be warming up at this time. We're going to have a meeting at this time. We're going to be looking at this team at this time. Like, be intentional about it, okay? Um, one thing he said to that was really funny was coaches should be on time for practice. Uh, before and after, like be on time, don't be late because that's such a bad look. And it makes, it makes it obviously it's kind of goes without saying it is a bad look. Um, there was a bunch of other things he said, but another takeaway that I got was, um, was check-ins. You know, he talked about the fact that it's really important that coaching staff communicates on a daily or weekly basis with the players and just check in with them. How are they doing? Talk about that. Like, get to know them as a person. And we, we, we've talked about this in the past on the podcast too. But, you know, they want to know that coaches care for us off the court, not just as volleyball players. And I thought that was that was a really great point. You know, you, you got, you know, a 34-year-old pro, one of the best liberos in the world, saying that it matters that a coach shows that he cares. Can you imagine how that would feel like for your athletes, for your students, for the young kids? Oh, I loved it. Um. And then the last thing that I'll say that he mentioned, uh, he mentioned a bunch of other things, but the one other thing that I thought was really cool was um, have fun. Yeah. He's like, have fun. Practice should be fun. It should be hard work, but players should have, players should look forward to coming to practice. And when that stops, that's a problem. Okay. That's a big, big, big problem. So we want to make sure that players look forward to coming to practice. Uh, let's talk about some other, some other things. There was a lot of Q and A's that he did that I thought were really cool, but um, basically, uh, one of the things he said that sets him apart from other players is his ability to pass consistently. You know, he, he took responsibility of not being the best defender, but he said that he takes pride in passing the ball consistently and making sure that he owns that backcourt. He owns the court. Okay, really, really, really important. Um, I think we'll I'll, I'll stop it there. If you if you want if you want to listen to that whole thing, it, it's really good. It's about an hour long, and you can watch that. So I thought that was really really cool. Okay, let's transition to Taylor Averill. Now, Taylor um, had a really interesting point on the game as well. He had a lot of passion and energy when he was talking to the, the, the coaches. And 
he he said that he wanted coaches to adapt a bit of a chaotic style of volleyball. He calls it like the European style. So he's been part of a ton of programs as well. He's been a pro for so long. He's been playing volleyball for like 14 years. But he said that we we need to be competing as much as possible. Like he said that when he was, you know, a lot of the American way or the North American way, is a lot of drill-based, you know, a lot of serve and pass and drill and drill and drill. And he's like, don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place for doing drills, but what about play? How about we... We, we do a drill for like, you know, to, just to get used to how to execute the movement, but learn it in play. Have some chaotic style of volleyball. He calls it the European style because in Europe, that's what they do. They compete. They compete as much as possible and have elements of competition in your practice. Uh, he, and he, one thing he said that I thought was really cool, and I'm going to start adding this into my Google form that I give my athletes at the beginning of the season, but he's like, ask your players, like, what's your favorite drill? Like, what type of drills do you want? Because play, he like listen to your players and find out what they want, and see how you can implement that in your programming. I, th- I thought that was brilliant. Like having that, you know, what is your players' favorite drills? I've never asked my players what their favorite drills are, and I'm certainly going to start asking them now. Maybe that's that's bad on me, but you definitely want to make sure you start implementing some of that. So asking them um, what they like, and maybe you can implement that in your programming. Um, he talked a little bit about visualization again this visualization and, and and um and meditation stuff is coming up a lot i found nowadays he does a lot of meditation work he actually taught taught the coaches i you may know this about box breathing so breathing is really important as he, he practices that a lot so box breathing if you think about it in a box like and like a square you breathe in hold breathe out hold and just doing that will really help slow your heart rate down um, you know, really be, uh, just be, be at ease. So really that breath work can happen in games. It can happen in a moment where you make a mistake, but really that breath work is, is really nice. I like that. Um, let's talk about, oh, split step. Completely forgot about that. Eric showed you talked about that too. And, and Dennis, uh, sorry, uh, Dustin, one big, big advocate for the split step, split step. Very, very, very important that we we start teaching athletes how to split step. I think it's I think it's safe to say that a lot of pros are doing it. They teach it in tennis, and he's not really sure why they haven't been teaching it in volleyball yet. But you got to start teaching the split step. And if, in case you don't know what the split step is, it's literally a small hop right before contact is made to give you that extra. Mm, to go into either direction. And I know that <clears throat> I know that a lot of people are practicing that now. A lot of people are practicing that now. So yeah, we have to make sure that we're, we're doing that as well. Okay. Um, and then the last thing that I want to mention that you talked about, actually really interesting was we have to start, you know, when we do blocking drills, he said that a lot of times when he was training at, at, at the younger time, at the younger age group, um, they weren't blocking a lot of balls in real time. Like, for example, they would reach over the net, get a ball, and put it behind them. He's like, the there is an art to be able to shape the ball with your hands and finish with your arms when blocking. Players need to get that feel for the ball. Blocking a hitter, by the way, not just tossing it into their hands. Like, what does it feel like to block a ball, to turn it into the court, to block it off an attack? They want to, you want to get more, 
more of that feeling. The more touches they get, the more they'll start understanding how to use their body accordingly and, and how that, that block touch feel is. And I, I thought that was a really, really cool point. Okay, he did get into a lot more things that you guys can listen to on the replay um, afterwards. Okay, let's get into uh, our next speaker, which was Coach Wayne Wilkins, national championship speaker. And he, he had a lot of cool things to say about, you know, winning uh, winning strategies and culture. Now, he talked about the fact that, you know, one thing you have to understand as a coach is not not everyone is the right player for your system. And there are a lot of times where, he, after talking to a player, talking to the coaches, they just, you know what? That player is not for us. They may be a good player, but that player is just not for us. They're just not, they don't fit our culture. They don't fit our system. And I thought that was a, a really great point because it's important to know, to look past a player's skill and know if that player is going to be a poison in your locker room or not. I talk about it all the time too, but. It's really it was nice to hear a, a national championship thirty year coach say that. I thought that was that was really good. Um, he also talked about the fact of uh, what did he say here? I'm just looking back at my notes. Oh, building a strong support system. You know, you're you're as good as your support system. Now at the college level, that may look different. You know, you might have academic advisors, you might have strength and conditioning coaches and trainers and things like that. But really, 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 you want to look and see how you can support the athlete, whether that's through getting volunteers, you know, to, to help do stats so we can give them that kind of support. Um, you know, you want to, whether that's uh, like parental support, you just want to have and build a support system that is going to be good, okay? The last thing he talked about, well, not the last thing, but actually one of the first things he talked about was, was getting top talent, Sorry, that's my son in the background of here. He was talking about getting top talent. So in order to get top talent on your team, you have to, you got to do a couple things, okay? Remember, top talent is putting in the work. So, so finding that talent, creating relationships with coaches. And now again, this is, this is more recruiting, but having relationships with coaches and recruiting talent. And when he's looking at players, he's looking at three things, by the way. He's looking at skill, He's looking at attitude and he's looking at work ethic. And one of the things he said that was really cool was he likes to see how the athlete's behaving when the athlete's on the bench. That's really important as well. He wants to see how they're behaving when things don't go right. Okay. He's like, skill is obviously important, but he said that attitude and work ethic can make the difference in a player's development and their success. And I love that. So those are the kind of things that you have to look at when it comes to looking at top talent. I thought that was a really, really great point. So if you are a college, if you're a high school or a club coach, make sure your players know that that they're looking at your players, you know, when they're when they're on the bench, you know, when they're warming up. So things like that are really important. Um, anything else that he said? Um, yeah, those are the big ones from him, uh, and I, he had a great session as well. And the last speaker we had was a mental skills coach. Her name is Paige Taunts. And she broke up the session into um, pre-performance uh, or pre-game. -pre How was it? It was pre-game, pre-performance, and then post-game. Yeah, that's what it was. Pre-game, -pre -pre pre-performance, post-game. And it was really, really cool. And a lot of the stuff she talked about too, and she, she narrowed it down to two things. It was really cool. She's like, most of the stuff as volleyball players that we deal with when it comes to the mental side is 
what is happening before a serve or before serve receive. So when a player is serving, right, it's all on them. It's the only skill, by the way, where a player has 100% control over. And then serve receive as well is another time where, you know, players need to be mentally focused and ready to go. So she almost reiterated what Taylor said in terms of visualization, seeing and imagining the connection of ball to hand. And I I need to do a little bit more research and visualization because I never thought about it as much as I was mentioned this weekend. Breathing, okay? Self-talk. You know, like, this was interesting what she said. She said, for serving, it may be a particular phrase that they want to say, that the athletes can say to themselves. Like a phrase that they, they can say to themselves while they're they're doing um, their serve or before their serve. Um, routines. Routines are really, really good to do, like, uh, especially when it comes to serving. Like having the same routine every time you serve. So the same amount of dribbles, the same amount of steps it takes to get to the end line or to wherever you want to start serving from. Like all those things, the more you have it in a routine, the more normalized it becomes. Okay? Um, and then post-game routine, like some of the, the key points that she mentioned in terms of reflection. And she's like, make sure there is a reflection piece post-game. Make sure that we do a reflection. And the reflection is simple. What went well? What didn't go well? And what did you learn and how uh, how do you want to work on it? That's it. That's a really simple reflection. But have your athletes go through these exercises because it helps them be aware of what's going on. It helps them come to terms with their performance and what they can do to be better next time. So I love that. So those are my big uh, those are my big takeaways uh, pretty much from the, from, from the coaching clinic. So let's do a little quick recap here. With Sparaw, we talked about uh, his 10-part communication plan and some things that he included in that. We talked about experimenting, the first two touches, uh, spin serve reception. About him working on that, uh, you know, doing uh, set, or, you know, pass low, pass high, and then seven perfect passes. I love that one. His two strike policy, thought that was really cool. His leadership group and how he uh, incorporates leadership group with the team, and then uh, and then kind of look in terms of st- uh, strategic planning, looking at modeling other big universities and seeing what they're doing. Uh, visualization, another big part of visualization, making sure that you see that. Okay. I can't tell you enough. And Eric shows you, you talked about making sure coaches have a good practice plan, putting in the work as players, players know when you're not ready, players know when you're not prepared, uh, being on time, uh, being like having communication, like making sure that you're communicating on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, checking in with your athletes. You know, it's such, that's such an amazing point. And then have fun, you know, make sure you're having fun. You definitely, definitely want to have fun. He thought that passing consistently is what separates him from other players, which I definitely agree with. Um, and yeah, those are those are probably the biggest takeaways from, oh, split step as well. Talked about he uses split step to uh, to pass and to dig, so definitely have that. Taylor, Taylor Averill talked about chaotic volleyball, European style. Compete as much as possible. Don't just do drill on drill on drill. Have them compete while working on the skills you want to work on. Do your players feel heard? What's their favorite drill? That's something I'm going to be thinking about now too, asking my players what their favorite drill is. All right? Um, how about, uh, what else are you talking about? His breath work is box breathing. Talked about box breathing. Uh, yep. I talked about split stepping as well. And then, they, oh, we talked about the, there's an art of shaping the ball with your hand and finishing with your arms when blocking. So making sure that athletes are getting a ton of reps doing that. Okay. Then we had um, Coach Wayne Wilkins talking about 
culture and some things. So, so let's talk about recruiting top talent. When recruiting top talent, he's definitely looking at skill, attitude, and work ethic, and more importantly, attitude and work ethic. So we talked about the fact of, you know, what are they doing off the court in the, in, while, while they're on the bench, their behavior, things like that, really important. Um, he talked about developing a winning culture and a support system for your athletes. So supporting them in many different ways. And, you know, he has academic advisors and he has, you know, strength and training coaches and things like that. But you really want to help support them. And, you know, one thing he also talked about, too, was being like seeing them succeed in school. You know, like he is takes pride in raising the bar for his athletes. I think he said that the, the school policy is 60 percent, but his is 70 percent. So we want to make sure that they're they're doing that. Um, but yeah, he also talked about the fact of, you know, not, not everyone is for his system. Not everyone is for their program and, and being strong enough to say no is a skill in itself, believe it or not. Okay. And then we, and then Paige, our mental skills coach talked about, uh, again, visualization, breathing, self-talk. So saying a phrase to themselves before they serve, for example, having a post-game routine, what went well, what didn't go well, what did you learn and, and, and how do you want to work on that? Have it, being intentional about that is really, really, really important. And even for, um, she, she even talked about what happens when you mess up in a game. It's just having a routine. Like as soon as you make that error, as soon as something happens, what are you doing? Are you breathing? Are you, do you have a routine? Like I think the big part of her whole thing was making sure athletes have a routine and, they ha- and they're intentional about their routine so that when something happens, they go to their routine right away. So there's no time to, you know, there's no time to like let that negative thing that happened to you affect you in the next point because you already have your routine you're going to shift to. All right. So that's it for me. Those are the big takeaways from DV Live 2023. Uh, it was such a great time. I hope coaches, I hope you guys got some value out of that who attended. Uh, I can't wait for next year's DV Live 2023 or 2024 rather. Um, and if you are interested in hearing all these great speakers uh, present on their topics, as well as all the, by the way, all the live trainings I did, I, I did a handful of live trainings on offensive and defensive systems, planning an effective practice, and the five phases to creating a championship program, um, and the resources, you're going to have access to all the resources that I that I included, everything will be there for you um, if you do get uh, purchase the replays, uh, digitalvolleyballacademy.com, you can get it there. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.